This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. clear when you're a guest in my home you gotta come to me empty-handed I said no gifts your presence is presence enough and I already had too much stuff so how do you dare disobey me Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. We're back in the backyard as kind of as usual at this point, which is so nice to say. Uh, little surprise recording thing is Stephen Ray Morris, the former producer of the podcast, is here recording today. We've uh, put our feud aside. We're uh, no longer, well, at least for today we're speaking. So I'm very happy to have him here. And uh, so if there's like a, an extra level of danger to the podcast today. That's what you're feeling. And then, we have, of course, we have the guest, which I'm so excited about, Rich Summer. Rich, welcome to I Said No Gifts. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to have you here in the, I think it's probably 90 degrees. It's very hot. It's hot to the point that when I was driving here, uh, I was using my iPhone for GPS right. for guidance. And uh, just as I came uh, up a hill, that's not too far from here, but several turns from here. Uh, my phone said it is too hot to operate, oh, and I'm no. <laughs> I'm I'm close to phobic of being late. I just I I hate it, and uh, I had to pull over in the shade and uh, quick. I sort of <laughs> blew on my phone. I held it in front of the uh, air conditioning. I waited for it to cool down enough that it could, ju- and I quickly memorized the address just in case I got too hot again. And it's a, then I turn right, and then uh, but I got here, uh, so I, I made it uh, just on time. I didn't know that was a. Uh... An option for the phone. I think it is a last resort for the phone, but it's quite warm today. Wow! So, had the fo- did you have the phone screen on the entire time? Is that what's going on? No, I on? didn't. I had it off, and in fact, sort of under a sort of minute. Maybe I need to have a little more airflow. Maybe that's part of it. You had the heat on. I did have the heat on. <laughs> I like to run hot, Bridger. This is nothing. Well, here. let's be honest. You showed up sweating. That's You're right. Drenched. Yes. Yes. Uh, you mind if I take off my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Thank I can go get you a gown or something <laughs> perfect, to put on. Uh, no, I've had an interesting driving day as well. I went to lunch and then on the way back, truly nearly got in a head-on collision with a PT Cruiser. Oh. Which was, uh, I was headed down the road. There was some light construction blocking my lane. So, look, I, I'm not a good driver, but I am a responsible driver. Fair, fair. So I looked every angle and did the left into the oncoming lane to, you know, kind of curve around the construction. And so, this is a 30-mile-an-hour road. There is suddenly a 50-mile-an-hour PT Cruiser headed out. Oh, no. This is just a few minutes ago. And so I, th- I think I deserve some credit for keeping it together. Yeah. Oh, and no, I, you're doing great. I hope they're having an incredible day. I hope so, too. But I will say about them, I don't have, like, I'm not a car person. I don't sure. have a lot of opinions about cars, except... Uh, if I did have opinions, like one of the three opinions would be that I dislike PT Cruisers uh, <laughs> a lot. And so maybe one less, maybe they'll wreck into a tree, not hurt anyone, but get rid of that car. That would right. be fine. Maybe they go off a jump and then leap out of the car sure. the last well, make moment. make it sexy. I don't <laughs> mind. <laughs> we need more PT Cruisers doing kind of exciting maneuvers. That's right. That's right. That That's would right. change the brand. Yeah, I they think. are a safe car. They feel <laughs> yes. safe. Except this person obviously bucking a trend, which I appreciate. It may have been stolen. It's, oh, Maybe it's not the drive, it the original It have driver. been stolen. Right. No one would steal that car. <laughs> I hope they're not a sponsor. I don't, uh, I, I, don't like I hate to inform you. 
I am receiving money hand over fist from PT Cruiser. Uh, Chrysler has reached out. Uh, I have several in the garage. Mm-hmm. I have some at my vacation home that were paid. That, that was obviously paid for by the PT Cruiser right. people. Uh, so it, it hurts to hear this. I'm sorry. That's, no, I'm not a, a huge car person myself. I kind of think everyone should have to drive the same car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I t- take it's like wearing uniforms at a school, which I used to be adamantly against. And now that my my daughter is in a school where she's required to wear a uniform, it takes so much heat off of decisions in the morning and status in the club. I agree. Everyone should drive the same car. It should function. It should have a, a robust air conditioning for your phone. <laughs> and uh, it, it should just, uh, that's all you need. Right. Just a nice working, workable car that's nothing fancy. That's right. Do you get to pick your color? Hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's either, you know, black or white. <laughs> That's about it, though. I know. This is how, this is why I should probably not be allowed to control a country because <laughs> I would absolutely suck everyone's joy out of uh-huh. everything, but it would, maybe it would work. I'm anti freedom. <laughs> You're famously anti freedom. Yes, That's something I've said forever. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no one should have any choice in anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate that about I love you. assignment. I'd like to be assigned <laughs> things. I will say this about car colors and cars in general. I recently realized that, and I'm already I'm already going to back this up a little bit, but if someone has an orange car, I think they're happy. Oh, fair. I yeah. saw an orange Subaru and I thought that person probably lives a perfect life. You, you have to have a touch of whimsy to go orange. Right. Uh, with the, my mom had, uh, growing up, the first car I can remember, she had a Volkswagen Beetle from the, I don't know when that was, late 60s, early 70s, but it was orange. Uh, so And then it lit on fire, I believe. So that's <laughs> that's my final memory of that car. Was it her phone? Did the uh, phone start the fire? She was very ahead of the curve on the phones and the cars. Early adopter. That's right. Um, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, I think an orange car, I don't know. But then I think about like an orange Lamborghini and I'm immediately like, no, that no, person's no. Yeah, but that's poison. Lamborghini uh, uh, trumps the, the color choice in that Right, instance. that's true. You can't have any tasteful color for a Lamborghini. That's right. Oh, it's all so complicated and difficult for me to talk about. But that's uh, what else has been going on. Well, what? Can you, how comfortable are you with me uh, discussing just which side of the city you live on? Well, as long as we don't say the address, and that'll probably eventually, I'll probably accidentally say that, <laughs> sure, and then my sure. killer will come. Okay, which is fine. <laughs> right. Okay, good. I was just going to say that on my way here, I don't uh, ordinarily come to this exact area, except lately I've been coming. I. Uh, second question for you. Are you a pinball fan? You like pinball? I love the idea of pinball. Yeah, I I love pinball. What am I talking about? I just haven't played it in years. Yeah, that's okay. Fair. There are, uh, two places that have pinball that I passed by. I've been coming to this area a little bit more. Right. And they have a good, uh, solid collection of pinball machines at, uh, two spots not too far from, uh, from here. Or at least I passed them coming here. Can I try to guess them? Sure. Waltz? Yep. And then the place that kind of doesn't have a name. It has a name, but it's a it's one of those names where uh, someone should have been advised against. Perhaps it's called Revenge of. Oh, I've heard of this. So yeah. I'm thinking of another one. Oh, re- there's another. I think so, but it may be more arcade. Really? Okay, yeah, I don't really care about arcade games, but I have been of late really enjoying pinball. Okay, and is this a new thing for you? Ish. Um, I mean, I've always enjoyed it, and then uh, I had a little bump in it, a, a little resurgence of enjoyment about. Five years ago, four or five years ago, I was a. I also like board games, Bridger, and I was a guest at a board game slash pinball convention in Atlanta, uh, Southern Fried Gaming Convention. And my whole family and I, we had never been to Atlanta, so we thought, well, let's make a vacation of it. So we went and uh, we ended up playing just a whole mess of pinball. Uh, and then maybe in the last, you know, it, it sort of waxed and waned a bit. And then in the last six months or so, my son in particular, my son and I have been uh, avidly playing as much pinball as we can. <laughs> Do you own a pinball machine? I own a virtual pinball machine. Okay. So this is a uh, machine that can... Oh, what do we this? have to do this? Please. I, <laughs> I apologize. I'm here begging. I, I suppose I was just hoping. I mean, I was happy to talk about pinball, but this part, it just gets into a deeper. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yes, I. Uh, it's it's the size and shape of a pinball machine. Okay. Um, but then it's, it's all monitors and a big computer oh. inside. And so you can uh, emulate a pinball machine. But it makes lots of uh, buzzes and whirs and right. bonks and dings. And it feels a lot like playing pinball. So what is the benefit? I mean, 
if it were smaller than a regular pinball machine, I'd be like, oh, that's great for a home. But this thing is occupying the same amount of space. It is. What's the best? It changes themes, that yes, kind of thing? Yes, that's it. It's just that you can play uh, uh, pretty much any pinball machine that's ever been made. You can oh. play it on there. You can download it. Some, you know, There's a whole community of, of programmers, and I, I, I'm not adept in this at all. I just download them and say thank you um, <laughs> and install them on the table, and my son and I play them. But you have access to almost any pinball table that's ever been created in time. That is incredible. So it's are fun. they photographing the machines and then uploading them? Yeah, and then... they scan the play fields and then they build elements in there. I mean, they take uh, months to a year or more to just make one table and they get paid nothing because they can't be paid anything right, because copyright. it's illegal. Yes. Wow. So is there some level of piracy involved A hundred percent. A full <laughs> level of piracy. Abject piracy. <laughs> I love to hear it. I yes. love to hear it. So you don't, beyond paying for the virtual pinball, and I hate to paint you as a criminal. No, it's uh, fine. I've, I've admitted as much. <laughs> you, you did just kind of give me <laughs> yes. all this information. So you buy the machine mm-hmm. and then the pinball stuff is all free. Yes. Yeah. You just go to their websites, you download mm-hmm. uh, the software and then you fire it up. Yeah, I'm fairly familiar with this as far as arcade games and video games in the emulator right. realm. Yes. So yes. this sounds kind of familiar It is to me. that, but then it's, uh, you know, people will build arcade cabinets, you know, that have all the buttons and lights and everything. This is like that. Uh, but then there are also additional elements, uh, again, gear, a gear motor that sort of buzzes when a thing on the play field would make a whirring wow. sound. There are physical elements to it that are making sounds. Oh, okay. Not just audio uh, coming from a speaker. Now, do you have any interest in buying a real physical pinball machine? Someday, maybe. I mean, when I was at that pinball convention, and I know everyone is thrilled that this is where this conversation's <laughs> gone. You've been waiting and waiting for Bridger's <laughs> podcast to go scoop. here. I am, I am aware of that, and that's why this is happening. <laughs> but when I was at that convention uh, in Atlanta... I was admiring a machine that was owned by a gentleman standing next to me. And I said to him, I think, I mean, do I want to own a pinball machine? I was sort of, you know, uh, buzzing with excitement. And he said, well, uh, do you love fixing pinball machines? And I said, <laughs> no. And he said, then you do not want to own a pinball machine. So one oh. of the adva- another advantage of the machine that I have is that it is extremely low maintenance. Right. Uh, it's a computer. So sometimes connections get loose and you have mm-hmm. to tighten them and, and things like that. But, but generally, uh, it does not have the upkeep that a mechanical machine. Right, that's like buying an old car or mm-hmm. something. And so it looks great, but then it's just stressing you out and you're in the garage every weekend. And, and there are people for whom that's pleasurable. Uh, sure. It's my nightmare. <laughs> um, that I want a thing to work. Um, right. Because I'm a profoundly lazy person. <laughs> Do you have a favorite pinball machine? I'm going to keep asking pinball questions oh, because God. I am interested in um, <clears throat> The listener doesn't matter. No, that's <laughs> been very clear. We've shunned them long ago. Um I don't know that I have a favorite. I mean, the favorite that my family and I chose from the pinball convention low those years ago is one called Champion Pub. Oh. It has a, a big uh, dude in the middle of the of the play field that's sort of facing upstage. And then if you hit him enough times, he turns around and you have a, a, a fist fight where what? Your, your ball is the punching and you try and go up a ramp to hit him in the jaw. It's very animated. It's it's really fun. I didn't realize pinball machines had gotten to this level of, of adventure. Oh, they have such toys in them now. Bridger, I'm going to ask you <laughs> one of these days to go to one of the very close pinball locations <laughs> near you and just even just take a, a glance. Maybe, a, I don't know if you're a hot dog person. Waltz has great hot dog. You get a hot dog, maybe a pretzel. They have flaky salt on the pretzels Ooh. and you just admire the machines. It's, it's Are they a, covered in greasy fingerprints? They absolutely are. <laughs> yes, it is. I do a lot of hand washing. <laughs> of course. Yes. Of course. Who sings Pinball Wizard? Uh, that would be uh, The Who, I believe, That's right? The Who. That yes. makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Well, I don't know why I bring that up, but I'm not, I just needed to get that information for myself. Maybe on the drive over, I put that on. Sure. Get in the mood, Absolutely. get in the zone, and yeah. then immediately fail the pinball machine. <laughs> Pump it up. Yes, good. <laughs> How much do they charge at this point for a pinball machine? Uh, I mean, like, to play the game to at the play place. The game. It, it depends on the place, but uh, Waltz, for example, most places, it's about 50 cents a oh, game. that's so um, old-fashioned. It is. It is. Some play, Some machine, like the newest machines, Revenge of has all the newest machines. Those will sometimes be 75 cents or a dollar. Um, and other locations I've been, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes have the audacity to charge $2 a game. Um, but that is, I mean, with the speed at which I lose a pinball right. uh, game, that's uh, $2 too quickly. Just throwing $2 away. Yes, no. Well, that's very, I'm proud of the pinball industry. I, I mean, like growing up in the 90s, going to arcades, mm-hmm. you felt the the 
creep of prices going up to a point where I feel like you were paying five dollars to play an arcade game. Yeah, those especially those virtual anything that that kind of uh, augments your reality that, right. that really bumped up the price. But then the industry collapsed, and maybe they learned their lesson. I hope so. <laughs> they got what they had coming. Have you ever been to Family Arcade? I have not. Oh, that well, but you're not crazy about arcades. So. I mean, I don't mind them; they're fine. My son really likes arcades, so I'll take him there to places like that once in a while. But I just. Uh, is this going to cause a wedge between you and your son, his love of arcades and your love of pinballs? I think so. Uh, we're we're too close as it is. I think it'd be fine to have a <laughs> You could use distance. some healthy space. That's right. That's right. I mean, I do think about your two children. I don't know them, but the uh, like 20 years from now, them saying, remember when dad dragged us on the vacation to the pinball uh, mm-hmm. expo? My daughter would say that now. Uh, <laughs> my son, however, uh, remembers it as a formative experience. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm I'm happy for you that you found this thing. Thank you. And I'm I've got to go to Waltz. Maybe I'll start hanging around Waltz. Become kind of a dangerous regular. Yeah, maybe a barfly. Yeah, <laughs> I have a very natural barfly energy. Absolutely. I think, I exude. Um, well, that's very interesting. I, and if the listener has a problem with that, I always say. Too bad. That's right. Uh, not my problem. Yeah. You're not You're not asking the questions. You're not the guest. You're here to listen and learn something new, and you've learned about virtual pinball machines, piracy, all of this. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, we do have something else we need to get into. Uh, Look, <laughs> I invited you on this podcast at some point in the past. I, yes. God knows when. I My memory is failing. That's fair. Uh, you agreed to be on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast is called I Said No Gifts. Mm-hmm. And so I was very excited for you to be on the show. Obviously, I thought Rich is so funny. We've loved him for years. He'll come. He seems like a perfectly nice person. Sure. Besides Stephen being here recording, there'll be no trouble. Um, (laughs) So when you showed up to my home uh, Mm -hmm. on the same side of town as Waltz, let's just say it, uh, you were sweating, you were drenched. Yes. I wasn't going to let that distract me from the fact that you were holding a bag. That's true. Which... I'm just going to ask, is this a gift for me? It is. Okay. I'm looking at it. It's on the ground. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to open it here on the podcast? I mean, I would. Sure. Sure. Well, let let me pick it up. It's, it's a, currently just discarded under the table. <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for myself here. Okay, I set it. the bag on the ground mm-hmm. and it immediately fell over. It's off balance. It's <laughs> definitely off. It's a trick bag. It's true. <laughs> so I'm not going to be I'm not going to be painted as the host who throws the bag on the ground. That's fine. Uh, but I mean, I'm going to take a picture of its current state. The sure. listener might want be curious to see just for evidence in court. That's how it looks. I'll take that. We'll post that at some point. Uh, but I'm I'm going to open it here on the podcast. It's in a brown bag that says the Magic Apple. Yes. Uh, which I'm familiar with. Are you? I am familiar with. I don't know if the thing inside is from the Magic Apple. But, it isn't. Okay. But, uh, it was just the bag that fit the thing inside. Right. I've been to the Magic Apple, I think, when I was working as a production assistant for someone needed a trick deck of cards or they have a, lot a of cape there. or something. Something a magician would use. I tend to uh, go through what a... I call hobbies. My wife has called obsessions. I, this is true, spoke with a, a shrink once who called them fixations. I fixate <laughs> on things. And one of the fixations, the current fixation is pinball. Right, right. Uh, board games have been sort of a long-term fixation. But for about three years, I would say, I was fixated on magic. And was it like a brand new to your life? Were you just learning magic? No, I had I had some experience. I did perform at a uh, birthday party when I believe I was 16 or 17, and it was a true nightmare. The only time I've ever <laughs> performed uh, magic in front of anyone that wasn't like a single drunk friend. Right. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't always go well. So what sort of magic were you learning? I was learning, uh, I've gone through phases with magic. I learned it when I was younger. And then in, in graduate school, I, I was flat broke. So I just turned back to magic books to try and sort of keep myself busy. And then in this last round, uh, these last few years here, um, I, I just will learn anything that seems interesting. And generally, it's about uh, <laughs> sating a curiosity rather than spending any time practicing. Because as I've mentioned, I'm profoundly lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to go, oh, that's how they did it. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I sort of move on from it. Uh, so I have a lot of magic books. and uh, You know, you had a former uh, guest on this show, Eugene Cordero. Oh, I love Eugene. And Eugene was uh, my first New York friend. Okay. When I first moved to New York in uh, 2003, the summer between my second and third year of graduate school, I was taking classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade, and Eugene and I were in levels one, two, and three together. And uh, Eugene managed a bar on the Upper West Side, and he still loves to remind me of the time <laughs> that I showed up uh, uh, maybe a little tipsy um, around midnight. <laughs> and while he was managing the bar, demanded that he watch me do some card tricks, all of which <laughs> failed. I, absolute failure. And he, uh, you know, if you, you've seen Eugene or if you know Eugene, he has a real, real uh, calm demeanor about him. He would sort of watch and go, huh, so uh, got any more of those? And it was <laughs> an absolute tragedy. Uh, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, oh, it, it, which, no. he, which I don't know why I brought it up. Um, and he <laughs> continues to bring it up every time I see him. So. Relentless. Yes, he's an awful person. I mean, the pinball, <laughs> the pinball, the magic tricks. Mm -hmm. This is now, it feels like you're training to be the villain in every Goosebumps book. I feel like... <laughs> Yes, yes. That's, that's what good. will be next? What will be the thing? Well, something that, that obviously is solitary <laughs> and uh, a high level of sort of nerdery and um, that no one really wants to do with me. Right, and it has some level of dark whimsy. That's right, that, that's uh, right. The hero of the Goosebumps book gets wrapped up in. and Well, that's very interesting. Well, we've got to, we have to stop delaying. I haven't even opened the gift yet because no. magic gets in the yes, way. Magic happens. always gets it in the way. It does always get Okay, I'm going to reach in here. There seems to be an envelope. Yes. Should I look at this first? Sure. Okay. Got to get in here. It's just a This is BW, very casual, I yes. will say. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> uh, Oh, you've got some nice uh, stationery. Thank you. Uh, it says RS, Rich Summer. Uh, Dear Bridger, please forgive my insolence, but I've chosen my desire to bring you a gift over your insistence not to. Rich Summer. So there's just an insult just right <laughs> off the top of the bat. Well, I've made clear that I am aware of the fact <laughs> that I'm disobeying. So you I were just, going to be difficult. That's right. And you just wanted to clear the air. Exactly. Right ahead. I appreciate that. Okay, let's get some tissue. I feel like we're not getting enough tissue on this podcast recently. <laughs> And there's, there's a theme. There are two items in this bag. Okay. There's a theme that very loosely connects them. Uh, that's all. I'll say okay. So I'm very excited about very this. loosely. <laughs> okay. We're pulling out the first thing. Should I bring them out both at once? Or? No, no. One at a time. Is okay. Fine. One at a time. Okay. We've got. I'm gonna destroy some car speakers. <laughs> oh, Steven, go. hurry your ears. <laughs> reaching for your screaming. headphones. Okay. Oh, this looks. Very collectible to me. This is a cracked magazine from November of 1990. That's right. That's right. And it has Bart Simpson and an exclusive Simpsons interview. And Bart is kind of uh, shooting a slingshot at the Ninja Turtles, Raphael at least, uh, Robocop, Dick Tracy, Arnold Schwarzenegger from something. He's yes, in plaid. Sure. Maybe. Oh, yes. Yeah. Maybe Last Action Hero. And then Marty and Doc. That's right. I, well, I should win a prize for naming all. Actually, there's there are two guys on there that I don't recognize. Who are these two? Oh, uh, it's uh, another 48 hours, I think. It's Nick Nolte and oh. um, Eddie Murphy. Apologies to both of those men. Okay, what's going on here? So uh, the theme, I'll just tell you, is uh, magazines that I purchased on eBay. Oh, so, <laughs> I love this field because I've often been tempted. Oh, good. Okay, well, th this, this one in particular, they both have some significance to my life. This one more so... Than the other one, but I'll, I'll tell you in this, if if I may, yeah, please. Take. I just want to flip to a particular page, um, and the reason I I felt comfortable bringing this here is I accidentally purchased two copies of it, so I have oh, one perfect. for myself. I love as to well. be an accident. So <laughs> benefit of an accident, Bridger Weiniger. <laughs> benefit of an accident. Uh, okay, it won't be long now. I'm sure, <laughs> Rich is. It's oh just God. quietly reading. Yep. It looks just, like he's just going to consume the whole great. magazine. It's really great stuff. I'm now looking at the table of contents <laughs> to see if I can... Oh, there it is. Page 17. I, I, why didn't I look that up first? He didn't know this magazine as well as he thought. That's right. So I uh, will draw your oh, attention boy. to the letters page. <laughs> and uh, this, this letter here... Oh, my God. Yeah, so he's opened the letters page, and there is... 
Maybe I'll read the letter first. Dear Brand Besides Brand X, I love Warren Beatty meets the real Dick Tracy. I liked the way the cracked interviewer came on the scene. Nan- Nanny... Nanny wow, Dickering. Never heard this name before. No, she's Na- a character in Cracked oh, Magazine. Oh, she is. Nanny yes. Dickering, I mean, and gave the secret password, hi, it's me, Anyface. And that's that was written by none other than Rich Summer in Stillwater, Minnesota. That's right. That's incredible. <laughs> Were you? A, did you frequently write into the magazine? I, uh, I. This was not the only letter that I wrote to Cracked, nor is that the full body of the letter that I wrote to Cracked that time. When I would write to Cracked, it would be a page or a page and a half <laughs> handwritten uh, in 12-year-old uh, scrawl. And uh, this cutting, I just remember my excitement at seeing my oh name my in the magazine. God. Fame. Um, and then the instant disappointment at the cutting of the letter that I'd written because it is only uh, me kissing their ass, basically. (laughs) And the rest of the letter was a manifesto. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I had so much more I wanted to get out there. Uh, Most of the letters I wrote to Cracked were uh, 90% manifesto and then some little blurb that they would always print. Uh, I'm clearly rep- so. First off, brand besides Brand X, they referred to Mad Magazine as Brand X. Oh, interesting! They're, they're number one right. competitor, and by number one competitor, I mean Mad Magazine stomped the guts of Cracked Magazine <laughs> forever. Every oh. friend I had loved Mad Magazine. I was the only Cracked fan. Knowing very little about either, I lean towards Cracked. Really? Yes. Oh, that makes me happy. I feel like it's a more tasteful magazine. Uh, well, I don't know that <laughs> you'll find that to be true if you flip through this. But... I think it's a more interesting uh, magazine. Yeah, I, I did too. I thought it was uh, funnier, but all of my friends read Mad because it's the one that you get. So that's the brand besides Brand X is why I wrote this. And then I'm just clearly talking about, first off, Dick Tracy, the movie Dick Tracy. I saw it at the drive-in um, when, I, when it first came out. When I would go to the drive-in, you know, you got the the sound from the speakers right. on a, on your radio. Right, right. And I would take with me, my grandmother had given me a mint green miniature boom box, and I would put a cassette in, or several cassettes, and record the audio of the movie. <laughs> the piracy began so, so that's early. Correct. That's right. That's I. The path was lame. Um, <laughs> and I would just listen to these movies over and oh. over because it was a fun. You know, I didn't have DVDs. We, right. we had a VCR, but... Uh, didn't have HBO or anything. So right. it was just a fun way for me to keep the movie going. So Dick Tracy was one of those movies. And when it was in Cracked, I mean, for me, it was uh, the, the marriage of, of my of two course. favorite things at that moment. Uh, and an early collab. That's right. That's, That's right. I, do you remember what the rest of this letter had to say? Do you have any no recollection? Idea. No, none. none. <laughs> it, again, one of several uh, letters that, that I wrote to Cracked Magazine. That is incredible. And so these tapes, you would just, do you feel like you have Dick Tracy memorized on some level? No. No, but there, I'll still hear a quote from the movie mm-hmm. that I have familiarity with that's deeper than having seen a trailer over and over or anything like right. that. They, there's, they're still in there somewhere. Wow. But I couldn't access it. I couldn't even give you one, one line from it. What but. was exactly the hook of Dick Tracy? Obviously, he's a detective, but what mm-hmm. else is going on there? Uh, he had a cool watch that oh, he could Oh, he had uh, kind of a high-tech speak, watch. Yeah, like a right. radio watch. So he was kind some level sci-fi yeah, well, I think he was, he just had access to that one gadget. He wasn't like James Bond. Right. He didn't have a lot of sort of technical know-how. He just kicked down doors and, mm-hmm. you know, had Tess Trueheart on his arm. And uh, I, I, well, part of my um, love of Dick Tracy, I mentioned uh, shrinks. They've been a part of my life forever. And when I was in fifth grade, I had to go to one. And he had in his waiting room a big omnibus of Dick Tracy comics. Oh my God. So I would read these comics. Whenever I went, I would uh, find where I'd left off and keep reading. And I uh, was so excited when the movie came out because you'd see some of the characters that you had read about Mm -hmm. in these old comics. And those comics, when I was reading them in the late 80s, uh, were already 50 years old or 40 years old. So they, when the movie Dick Tracy came out, I was one of the few people at my school who had sort of a leg up on knowing who the right. hell Dick Tracy was and what the <laughs> point was. And does Dick Tracy, are the villains in it, I feel like every one of them has a horrifying face. Yeah, they're all very strange. I mean, it's sort of like if a nine-year-old drew <laughs> bad guys. There was Little Face, which was a, a person with a sort of a slightly larger than average head and then just a tiny face in the middle of it. Oh, this is horrifying. Uh, Yeah, those kinds of things. So he's kind of bumbling his way through this world of mutants. That's right. (laughs) Solving crimes with his watch. Maybe there's more sci-fi than I've allowed. Yeah, this is, I, I need to revisit. I have a very, very dim memory of seeing the movie. Remember the watch and just 
kind of garbage pail esque faces that's on every right. villain. That's exactly well, particularly of that you know, the garbage pail kids movie had come out just a couple years before. Oh, I didn't know so, there was a movie. Oh, it is a a well known travesty. It <laughs> is, is it really? Oh, oh, Bridger, I beg of you <laughs> to go if not watch it, and and I wouldn't. I wouldn't dream of forcing you to watch it, but I would ask you to just read up a little bit on the reception that movie received. It wasn't great. (laughs) It was uh, thick with uh, controversy and a very, you know, parents were upset by Garbage Pail Kids anyway. Right, right. I had a, a, a good a good-sized collection. And when I was eight years old and we moved from Ohio to Minnesota, my dad said uh, everything in the room could come except for those Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> those cursed things. So they were, they were, you know, parents really hated them. And then right. they had the uh, gall to make a movie uh, about them. And it was it was not met well. Is the movie live action? It is. Oh, I have to see this. Uh, those things, Like you said, those Garbage Pail Kids-like faces from Dick Tracy, I mean... True monstrosities. <laughs> it is horrifying. Is there a like an actual human being in the movie or something? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and it's not. I don't think it's Leah Thompson. I because I think I'm conflating uh, with Howard the Duck. But it's someone like that. Right. Uh, it is. It's in that family though of the Dick Tracy, Howard the Duck, Garbage Pail mm-hmm. Kids, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action right. movie. They're all sort of things that you just can't believe someone thought were good ideas. <laughs> well, the power of animatronics was really going full blast in the 80s. I, I think uh, we got out of control. But these are even beyond, these are foam things that humans are wearing. <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh, are adults playing the babies? Yes. It's awful. It's so terrible. <laughs> Do the Garbage Pail Kids have an origin story? I think so. I don't know. They, 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 it feels like it would be bleak. Yes. I'm sure that movie tried to ascertain what the origin was, and people were so distracted by what their eyes couldn't handle. Yeah. You don't, you can't get an explanation for why a bunch of kids ended up in garbage cans without it feeling (laughs) bad forever. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Wow. I had no idea. Obviously familiar with Howard the Duck, but this does feel like exactly in that uh, territory. So I've got to look that up. That sounds disgusting. It's awful. Well, let me get back into the back mm-hmm. here. Uh, let's see what this other magazine is. Mm-hmm. I hope it's just a National Geographic from this month. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> um, we're pulling it out. Pulling. Oh, wow. This is another... This. So this is a Time magazine from... What year is I think this? It's 64. 64. And who... I don't even know who Pierre Salinger is. Pierre Salinger was Kennedy's... As secretary, okay. I believe. I, I, I should know this. The reason I have that is I purchased it for research. I, wanna, I, I wanted to give that to you because I want it, it out of my home uh, as well. <laughs> Again, I, was, uh, I bought this magazine because I was cast as Pierre Salinger in a movie. And it was one of the most thrilling uh, notions in my career. Right. Uh, very small role in a movie called LBJ, directed by Rob Reiner, starring Woody Harrelson as Lyndon Baines Johnson. Wow. And uh, I I was so excited for this movie. Everything about it, five weeks in New Orleans. I'd never been to New Orleans. It was just perfect. The movie is, is great. It's not about the movie. It's my performance in the movie. It is one of my... I don't want my kids to see it. Really? I'm just... And, and look, if you watch it, you probably would be like, it's not, it's not that right. bad. It's not great, but it's not that bad. For me, it's such a swing and a miss. I had such goals. I had never played a historical figure right. before. So I wanted to dig in. It's, I watched so many you know, reels of Pierre Salinger delivering speeches and, and tried to kind of learn his mannerisms for my combined 11 lines in this movie. <laughs> I gained weight to try and look up. I really went over the top. And I watched that movie the first time that I saw it, and I just sank into my chair and thought, oh, oh no. that's not what it felt like coming out of my face. Oh. But that's what it looks like. Uh, it didn't, um, it's not my proudest work. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. I'm talking about I'm me. I'm so in the curious movie. about Did Pierre have a, like a unique voice? Well, I decided he did. <laughs> Despite all evidence. <laughs> That's correct. I think if you watch him speaking, 
It's one of those, again, if I could go back in time, I would, I would say to uh, myself sitting on the couch, no, 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 no. It's just an old-timey movie. The sound is different. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of did this. I mean, it is. Well, speaking of Dick Tracy. Such shame, Bridger. <laughs> such shame. And I remember sitting on the set, and it's one of those where, again, I retroactively interpret the way people looked at me. You know, someone would throw me a glance on set, and now I go, oh, they were wondering what the fuck I was doing. They were trying they, to tell me. They were, they weren't, no one told me. They would just sort of look at me and, and I would go, oh, oh, that's what that meant. I wondered why, uh, you know, Rob Reiner looked at me that way. He didn't say anything to me. Oh, <laughs> I uh, cannot imagine it's that bad. You're an excellent actor. <sighs> look, I, I appreciate just that. Just own it for, a, you're a good actor. For, for, uh, but this is what I will say is, uh, I describe it as this. When I have done a play and night after night, you're trying to sort of, for me at least, I'm I'm seeking some perfect performance. Right. I, I know that's unattainable, but that's sort of my goal is to make it better every time. And those nights where it's off, to me, they feel profoundly off. Right. To anyone else on stage or in the audience, it might be a half a degree off from where it was yesterday and I will leave at night. It's like, I don't even, I'm not going out to get drinks. I'm just going mm-hmm. home and like looking at my lines again. Uh, and everyone else would say, what, why, what's wrong? It's just a feeling. A rhythm was off. Something right. wasn't off. That's how I feel about this. I'm, again, sure <laughs> that if you looked at it, you would not be bowled over. <laughs> and if this was, was the only bit of my work that you ever saw, you might not be chomping at the bit to see me again. <laughs> But I don't think you'd you'd feel the the horror that I feel right. in watching that the two right. times that I've seen it and ever will see it. How? Why do you think you get cast in a lot of period pieces? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have an old fashioned energy, or do you think it's Mad Men has given people the idea that you are from the sixties? I think Mad Men was part of it. I think that's definitely part of it. I also think it's partially that, um, and this is less of a thing now. I feel, but. There was a time there where my body type was more unique. Sure. Um, in that I was not, you know, in graduate school, I had a, an acting teacher who was adamant with me. He said, you either need to lose weight mm-hmm. and become a leading man, or you need to gain weight and become like Chris Farley. Right. And I said, well, I guess I'm never going to work right. because I'm not, I'm not willing to do either of those things. I, I, this will be a recurring theme. I'm lazy. I just didn't <laughs> think that was necessary. So I believe that part of it is that I have always been, and I've, I've certainly been even softer, but I've always been a softer- You're like a uh, normal man. I'm like a normal human being, but that is, that's easy to put into something in, the, in period stuff. It's right. less common in contemporary. I don't know why, but if you look- at things out there, I feel as though that's the case. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I mean, and now uh, that reminds me, I wanted to ask you about the weight gaining for the Piero. What Mm. did you do to gain weight? I'm always curious about this. (laughs) Well, Did uh, you have fun? No. I mean, yeah, you know, it was fun. It was fun in the way that it was, I didn't exercise. Right. I just was unhealthy. That's all. I just drank a lot of alcohol. And (laughs) I mean, I love to drink alcohol and eat uh, bad food anyway. I just sometimes will also take a walk. Right. I just stopped walking. I I became sedentary. And did you drag your family into this? (laughs) No, I try not to. (laughs) I try not to make them have to deal with me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you get to uh, eat a lot of extra treats? I'm, uh... I mean, I'm a, I'm a big treat eater anyway. Okay, and right. so it just was sort of no holds barred. Right. I, I will say that when I was cast in the role, I was in a... <laughs> I've never done this. I've done this one time. I, I One time, never since and never before. I had a sort of... A, a friend and I felt that we had sort of gotten out of shape and we thought, let's do a competition to try and lose... Uh, whoever loses the higher percentage of their body fat by such and such a date gets a hundred bucks. Okay. And we were in the midst of this, but we're both actors. So at the beginning of the bet, we had said, if a role comes along that requires us to not be doing this, then, then it gets called off. Sure, sure. So I did, uh, I had been being healthier. Oh, interesting. And then I, I called it off. Wow. So you went out of your way to get this role to get out of the bet. That's correct. That's correct. Interesting. Knowing it was uh, entirely wrong for me and <laughs> going so far as to make it myself even less right for it by putting on a, a voice and, oh God. <laughs> 
Oh, just you, when you decided that Pierre sang every one of his words. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, is there anything interesting we should know about Pierre? I don't. Or think should so. history forget Pierre? <laughs> I think he was fine. <laughs> I mean, he got his own magazine cover. He must have done something exciting. He had, he's very proud of himself here. He's very proud. Yes. I mean, he went on to have a, a a thriving career in. I think he did some commentary, political commentary. He did uh, by the end of his life have some mega chops. I mean, he grew oh. sideburns that were just uh, abhorrent. I mean, I will say on the cover of this magazine, he's looking to the sky and then there's mm. a baby grand piano being played by mysterious hands and then a scary man dancing on and top of it. Who is that scary man dancing? No I one don't knows know who, who this kind of specter is. Yeah, I'm not sure. haunting Pierre. Um, I feel like you had chops in Mad Men. I did. Was which- this real? No, 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 they were applied every day. The hair, all of my hair was real. Okay. Um, just the chops were applied every day. Right. Harry Crane, do we think he's a good guy or a bad guy? <laughs> well, I don't think he's a great guy. <laughs> I think he's, um, my my thing with Harry Crane is I, I've never understood that actor rule that people have of, uh, well, you can't, you can't think your character's a bad guy. You have to think your character's the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. Everyone, people would get frustrated when anytime I will, ask someone something like that, well, you got your character sort of an asshole. They they get sometimes defensive. Right. Sort of no 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 no. He, he's the hero of my story. <laughs> I, Harry Crane was not the hero of my story. He made some clearly bad choices. I think he was a jerk. Um I think he was wicked smart. I think right. he was um a, a, he had a sort of a foresight that was not paralleled in the office. But I do think uh he was a slime ball. And I was not I was rooting for him insofar as I wanted to keep working. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want him to make an it error worked. that would... It worked. It worked. I got to stay on till the end. But I also uh, have never, never questioned anybody's... The only thing that I question is when people say things like, Harry changed in a way that doesn't make sense. They would say something like, I never, I never liked what the writers did with Harry. What? And I, I, that one always frustrates me because I feel as though... I remember in an acting class... They said, uh, you know, it's and it's an age-old phrase, just adopted for or adapted rather for for the actor, which is that you know characters don't change, but their situations do. Right. So they may respond to their new situation in a different that seems a different way that seems uncharacteristic to their earlier. But that's how I feel about Harry. He was given power. Mm-hmm. He was given a wide runway and money, and he let his freak flag fly. <laughs> I guess it always made perfect sense to me. Oh, good. I do feel like Harry Crane gave Joan. Some nice job that was they had a kind of a well he 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 gave her an opportunity right and then once she proved that the opportunity made sense he then gave that job to a man that's right that right. was the first time I Don't was like ever yelled at on the street really uh, was after that episode aired someone saw me and and yelled at me they what? said you should have given the job to Joan <laughs> and they were just as flummoxed in saying it as I was just now uh, they were so upset. <laughs> At seeing me. <laughs> I mean, justified. Fully. We love when a television watcher yells at the uh, employee of a television show. Yes, I like <laughs> it when they take uh, the writing of the show, with which I had nothing to do uh, personally. <laughs> it all makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Well, do we have anything else we need to talk about with Pierre Salinger or Crack Magazine? No, I think we've covered the ground. Well, this is wonderful. I have two collectible magazines now. Maybe I'll get them framed or... Leave them on a counter. I think that's fine. I think <laughs> a counter would work. Um, I think it's time to play a game. Oh, good. We're going to play a game called Gift or a Curse. Uh, I need a number between 1 and 10 from you. Uh, 2. Okay, I have to do some light calculating. Mm. So in the meantime, you can recommend, you can promote, you can do whatever you want with the microphone. I'll be right back. Oh, goodness. Okay. <clears throat> well, uh, I'm going to just speak a little more about the Magic Apple. It's the Magic Store on the second floor in Studio City, California. They do mail order at themagicapple.com. Brent, uh, who runs the shop, is, has become a friend of mine. And good news, because I am sort of an evangelist for hobbies, whatever hobby I'm in, I want to suck as many people in as I can. Brent uh, got rebitten by the pinball bug as well and currently has a Stranger Things pinball machine in the Magic Apple. So if you are looking for either of my most recent fixations, you can find them both at the Magic Apple. 
The middle of the rich summer Venn diagram is in Studio City. That's right. That's amazing. Yes. You're an influencer. I try. You're a magician influencer. That's right. That's That's, right. That is uh, not a claim to fame. That's kind of what you've been seeking your entire Mm -hmm. life, and you finally got the crown. That's right. Um, This is how gift or or a curse works. Uh, I'm going to name three things. You're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you if you're correct or not. There are correct answers, and you can lose this game. I believe that to be true. Okay, this first suggestion is from a listener who declined to give their name. Maybe they were embarrassed to be on my podcast, which hurts. Uh, Gift or a curse, being served a fork and knife with a burrito. A gift, I suppose. Yeah, because why not? I mean, sometimes, more often than not, I think a burrito hasn't been... uh, formed in the way that uh, it's going to stay together. And so very often, if I'm eating a burrito, the bottom will finally fall out at some point. And having that fork there uh, to go for it is is helpful. I, by that point, my hands have been sullied uh, entirely <laughs> by the burrito. I don't wish to then pick up a wet piece of chicken or something <laughs> and just pop it in my mouth. Uh, so I would accept those uh, offerings as a gift. Rich, wrong. Oh, damn it. Ah, of course this is a curse. The structure of a burrito is so important. And if you're handed a fork and a knife, it means the restaurant knows ahead of time. They didn't, the architecture of the burrito is uh, wrong. So basically they're giving you a thing they know is going to fail. Okay. And you're going to be, it's not going to taste as good because the place doesn't know how to make a burrito. Is it, I mean, there's no user error possibility, even in a, a well-made burrito. So a well-made burrito, let me just get this straight. <laughs> a well-constructed burrito should be able to, to defy even the most ham-handed of, of eaters. Absolutely. I'm going to walk you through what a burrito needs to be. A burrito should be able to stand on its own until the final two inches. And then I should be the most disgusting-looking thing in the world. The, re- the rest of the people in the restaurant should have to look away because I'm trying to get it into my mouth. Okay. Those two inches can't, of course. At that point, things have fallen apart. But until then, you should be able to set the burrito down on the table and it's standing there because every ingredient has been placed just so. I, uh, I would love to know where you get burritos because <laughs> I have never encountered a burrito that could withstand being set down. Once you go in on burritos, <laughs> you're locked in. You might, as I say, you might take your dominant hand and perhaps find a, a napkin you can sort of just squeeze a few times to get some of the juice off so you can take a sip of your drink. But otherwise, that that non-dominant hand is busy keeping the burrito together for the uh, until it's gone. Are you starting the burrito from the middle? Are you just taking a big bite out like an apple? No, but the, 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 it's going to leak. There's a little bit of juice involved. There's always some sort of moisture that goes down your hand. You're going to set it down. You're going to wipe your hands and start over? No, no, no. Once you're in, you're, you're committed on the non-dominant hand, at least. Yeah. Look, a bean and cheese burrito, I'm with you. That's got too much soft stuff going on inside. Okay. But if we have a, you know, a, a what I believe is called a mission-style burrito from, you know, the San Francisco area, it should have enough of every item that it should be able to, and it should be grilled on the outside. Let's okay. be very well, clear. Th- and that that is maybe the part that's missing in some of these burritos. Because once it's grilled, there is some adhesion right. that helps. Right. And places that aren't grilling their burritos are, that's absolutely free to them. And it improves the burrito. So those places, they should stop paying for the forks and knives and invest in the grill for the burrito. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. You know what? You've convinced me. I'm wrong. Okay, thank you. Thank you. It only took dissertation. That's right. My yes, God. I apologize. <laughs> um, okay, second up. So you're failing. Okay. Just to be clear. All right, I'm but 0 for 1. you can always reverse uh, your fate. Great. Uh, this is a listener named Nolan has written in, and gift or a curse, car lashes. Are you familiar? The things that are on headlights? Yeah, kind of the eyelashes on the headlight. They, they, I assume that's what it is. They unless anthropomorphize about- a car <laughs> right. uh, in a way. Yes. Uh, curse. And why? I don't feel as though I need to say any more. Uh, there's, <laughs> I defy anyone to tell me what the benefit is. They're only a distraction. I mean, I guess I can keep going. They, they, they I'll tell you what. <laughs> if you put lashes on a PT Cruiser, I will fight the person that's driving it. I will have, I don't, and I'm not a fighter, Bridger. I don't uh, engage in it. I was always, I got beat up a little bit in, in, in junior high and high school and I would always keep talking, but I never really swung back. I would so, maybe try and protect myself, but, uh, but I just wouldn't shut up. That's always been my problem. So if I saw a driver of a PT cruiser 
with car lashes, and we're both presuming that this is what this means. I yes, can't it's imagine not whipping what... a car or <laughs> I hope not. Um I yeah, I think I might throw my first punch. It wouldn't be a good one. I don't know how to do it, but uh I'd go for it. You would meet this person in the Coles parking lot That's right. and fist fight them. That's right. Okay, so you're saying curse. Yes. <laughs> It's very hard for me to say this is a gift. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you. I cannot, oh. I can't, I can't sit here and record myself saying, you know, future generations can't hear me say that a car lash was ever a good absolutely idea. Absolutely not. We are, I think even the, the person who purchases the car lash is like, what am I doing? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This and the people a- who are selling them are, are thrilled that someone is taking this out of their inventory. They're tired of putting a check by it on the inventory list once a month. <laughs> it's all a whole a trick. I mean, That's the people right. selling them are definitely predators. <laughs> They're looking for these poor customers right. and like kind yes. of... They they see they probably see this person coming from a mile away. They're like, that's a car lash purchaser. Exactly. Because they're one and you know, they're it's a, a type, I have to imagine. There's a bonus certainly built <laughs> yeah. in for selling these car lash. <laughs> also, I know it's your first day, but we've had these goddamn car lashes on the if you can sell one of these, extra hundred bucks this month, no problem. <laughs> Where do you buy a car lash? I don't know. Claire's? You, uh, uh, it, Claire's? <laughs> You're, I mean, I can't imagine you're going down to AutoZone. I have to imagine that's the only place. Right, I can't... I or really... Spencer Gifts, maybe? <laughs> right. That's, that's, maybe it's Spencer Gifts. <laughs> or or uh, oh, there was another one. Zoop, Zoop, uh, oh, there is a Z yeah. something that... That closed on Ventura Boulevard, yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. there. I feel like... Now, I've actually just come up with this theory. I think one... There was one set of car lashes made. <laughs> the person purchased them. Halfway down the road, they thought, God... What am I doing? Yes. Ripped them off and threw them off. And they've just kind of been, somebody saw them, picked them up. I'll try that on my car. They get halfway down the road. That's just been passed around for the last 12 years. I hope that you're right. <laughs> because otherwise, there's more than one. Right. And I just don't, cannot imagine a place of business that I would go to buy my car lashes. No. It goes the same with the, uh, I don't even know what they're called, truck balls or whatever oh, the God. hell. Yes. I mean, they're all terrible. I mean, it's just, it's real categories of people that are just the worst people in the world. You're going to have to convince me that a a bumper sticker is necessary <laughs> to to then augment with truck balls or headlight lashes. It's <laughs> not except, again, either black or white. It drives where it's going. That's it. <laughs> You've lost you've lost the right to to fancify your cars. <laughs> yeah, we we were given too much power That's right. and uh, we've got to scale back. Okay, you got one out of uh, you, you've gotten one correct so far, okay, which good. is impressive. Um final. This is from another listener named Hannah and Hannah wrote in gift or a curse the little pantyhose socks that shoe stores provide for shoe try-on. I'm going to say gift um Again, as a as a frequent hand washer, I think that there's uh, I appreciate knowing that an effort was made. I know that if I go to try on shoes, it's very likely someone skipped the little booties when they tried them on before me, and so uh, I, I I have to wear them because right. I, you know in hopes of avoiding uh, whatever they've left behind. But I'm gonna say a, I'm gonna say again, yeah. you got it. Yes, of course. I love oh, those things. Good. I mean, first. How often do you get to go in a store and they just give you something? That's right. A free thing? A free sock? I mean, it, of course, it disintegrates on your foot. Yeah, it's not a useful thing. But, I mean, the it actually is useful if you're robbing a bank. Uh, You'd have that to over get your fi- several before. <laughs> How many, sir, are you trying on shoes again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I forgot the thing <laughs> you gave me. I'm stitching them uh, together. <laughs> yes, exactly. I love a nylon over the head. I guess those don't quite work as a criminal tool. Uh, you would have to really go for it. But if you're in a pinch, you're like at the rack. Yes. And then you think, oh, there's a bank next door. That's I right. forgot my regular nylons. Right. And I was going to buy shoes today. So what I'll do is I'll borrow these. <laughs> I'll take the, the booties. I'll run across and rob the bank. <laughs> And then I'll be back and I'll buy the shoes. Right. Yeah, so I love those things. I love the feel. I love... And now I have a new idea. You know, you go to the store and they say you can't try on the swimsuit. Of course. Because for obvious reasons. Yes. Why not get these nylons in underwear form? They hand those out at the dressing room. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This feels like a perfect solution to everyone's problem. Mm. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure... At that point, I might want to up the ply a little bit. <laughs> I might go for a double ply. 
a double ply nylon. That's right. Um, well, I mean, I'm just throwing these ideas out there. The purpose of this podcast is to improve the world. And so if some big box retailer is looking for a solution for people to try on swimsuits at their store, now they've got the perfect idea. Yeah, two or three or several ply uh, <laughs> nylon underwear. Trying not to picture that on a human body because that seems horrifying. But I did want to give that little image to the view listener. Oh, the viewer. Maybe we launch into a television show. Ooh, um, you heard okay. it here. You got it. You got two out of three. I'll take it. A solid. And what is this? A, a D plus. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> roughly how I rolled. <laughs> we love a D plus. I mean, it's not a fail. No. Uh, and uh, I feel like we really came together at the end there. So excellently played. Bridger, I'm going to tell you what my GPA was in 10th grade. Oh, I'm very curious to hear this. Now, it was oh, a it was Or a should I guess? Oh, you may guess if you'd like, but uh, it, I'll, I'll just give you this before you guess. So it's an educated guess. It was a fraught year. Okay. It's the first year of high school. Right. right ten, where I went to- Me the, too. Schools through six, then seven, eight, nine, then uh, 10, 11, 12. So first year of high school- my parents had just gotten a divorce the year before. Okay. I also wanted to learn guitar so that I could work at a Bible camp. So all of these <laughs> things put together, knowing that I was very focused on learning guitar, right. knowing that I was in a bit of a rebellious state, right. um, I thought I would uh, offer you the opportunity to guess what my okay. GPA was in, in 10th grade. So you were you had Christian rock stardom in your uh, sights. <laughs> sort of. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, 10th grade. I mean, and I will say, because you do seem like, uh, like if I had had to guess prior to this, I would have been like 3.8, sure. I would say 3.7 to three low 3.9. Mm-hmm. But now we've got this information. Oof. I'm going to say, oh. I'm going to say it's a memorable, for me, it's right, memorable. It's a, obviously a yes. very memorable. Uh, I'm going to say a 2.1. Well, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, there's a, so many numbers, but right. it's really not even close. Um, my GPA in 10th grade was <clears throat> 0.924. You failed every course. I failed four of my seven courses. Wow, that and is remarkable. The four courses I failed were English, social studies, Spanish, and drama. The big one. Yes, and uh, drama. What did What did you pass? <laughs> I Oh God, I don't remember. That's not uh, that part didn't stick really. It was It was the four. <laughs> it was failing drama and Spanish. I mean, I knew. Spanish, I failed in a, in a real blaze of glory. I, I went to the, uh, it was about two weeks before they were going to give the final. And um, our teacher was was telling us what was required on the final. And I, again, at this point, I knew the writing was on the wall. Right. And I raised my hand and she said, can you please, she already was over me. Please, can you just ask questions after I'm done? I said, I, 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 it's a quick one, I promise. If I got an a plus. I mean, I got every question right on this final. Mowed your lawn. Would I pass this class? And she said, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front. I said, take a, take a, take a swing. Knowing what you know about how I've done so far this year, if I aced <laughs> this test, would I pass? She said, uh, probably not. Oh, and I said, okay. that's a rough feeling. And I stood up and I walked over and I set my book on her desk. I said, thank you. And I walked out the door <laughs> and never came back. Wow. That's a terrible teacher. Well, I don't know. I, what, what about her is terrible. I was not putting her in an easy situation. But look, if you pass the, I mean, if you've just absolutely whiffed it the entire semester and then suddenly you're getting an A, she's like, yeah, he was keeping it. He was a little shy about being good at Spanish. But oh, then I think to- she knew I was shy of nothing. It was really <laughs> about, for me, looking at the points, uh, the aggregate points through the year and realizing I had sort of done the math on my own and no, I knew what the final was worth. <laughs> And realized it was simply not a thing. Right. Did you turn it around the next year? No. <laughs> I mean, I did better. I, my my next year was closer to your first year. Oh, okay, the so twos. you were back into a healthy... I mean, look, I went on to college. You I graduated. did have to fight to get into college. I, I only applied to one college and had to apply thrice. Right. I was turned down twice and then drove up there with a friend and sort of made my case. Wow. Um, and was able to get in and then was on academic probation most of college. And then I went to graduate <laughs> school, but it was, graduate school was a conservatory, so they didn't really care about that. Sure, sure. You know, and how's academics. your guitar playing? <laughs> it's rhythm guitar at best. <laughs> I can play a good handful of chords, but I learned them all in my 10th grade year. <laughs> I've learned no more guitar. That's all then. you need though. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be whipping out a solo. No, but again, I could soon. play a, a campfire song at a Bible camp. No problem. <laughs> again, Goosebumps characters. <laughs> that's right. We found the, that's your Goosebumps trilogy. That's right. 
Well, that's incredible. This is the final segment of the podcast. It's called I Said No Emails. People write into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. Desperate for answers. I, my listeners are kind of just crawling, seeking, begging. And so I try to do my best to answer some of their questions. Will you help me? Absolutely. Okay, let me read this. It says, Dear Bridger, an exemplary guest. So a nice little compliment well, thank for you. you. Uh, I am writing here today, two days before... Well, okay, two days before. Do you know how a oh. podcast works? <laughs> uh, two days before the birthday party for a new friend. The new friend is my wife's co-worker. We all hang out every once in a while, like going to concerts and such. She doesn't like animals, so I honestly think she's a serial killer. Interesting detail. She's from NYC. Whatever that means. <laughs> what is Wait, uh, this is... The turns. Okay. Yeah. The turns of this email are very abrupt. Uh, from what I've gathered, she likes to read. We don't really know what to get her. Any help is appreciated. Oh, by the way, she's like the only friend we've made since moving to Massachusetts from California. So it's kind of a big deal. Thank you. And that's from AF. Okay, so uh, let me make sure I got all the pieces of this <laughs> in, in the right order. Um, this is obviously for a moment that's passed. There's no way we can actually help this person. We're basically hoping for next year's birthday that's if right. this person still exists. <laughs> okay, good. The the recipient, potential recipient, loves New York. From New York. Oh, we from don't even know. Oh, we and don't the, know, know the opinion. And then it's followed by whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from New York. Doesn't like animals, right. which this person has interpreted as possibly meaning they are a, a serial killer, some mm. sort of sci- sociopathic behavior, I think is what they're reading into well, here. So, okay, th- this friend that they've made, this one friend that they've met <laughs> since moving to Massachusetts from California, is someone that they're reading. I, I have to presume there's more to that assumption, that serial killer assumption, than simply that this person doesn't like animals. Right. They must, if an animal goes by and this person says something like, oh, God, I, I, frogs? I fucking hate frogs. If that was what <laughs> happened, I would advise this person to, uh, and I know they're excited about this, but maybe make a different new friend. Right. And don't worry about buying this one a gift. <laughs> if it's if they have an upsetting response to animals, then that enough to- That's again, a warning bell for that's sure. Right. That's right. It's Certainly. A red flag. I mean, they, okay, so let's, let's, Let's look at this scene. They've recently moved from sunny California mm-hmm. to Massachusetts. They're probably in the woods. Right. Suddenly, there's this coworker, the the wife knows, and they're kind of hanging around, and they're from New York, whatever that means. And they don't like animals and are obviously very vocal about reading. That's oh, yes, kind of the only right. thing we know about this person. But she's hanging around. She's not giving a lot of information. And it's her birthday probably six months ago. Uh so there are, I mean, there are some details here where it's like, honey, I made a new friend at work and she wants to hang around. And so that seems dangerous. And she wants us to come to her birthday and she's the only friend we know in town. Mm. So there is some level of danger here, yes. I will say. What are, I mean, what is the, the question? What yeah. do we get her? A book. I, yeah, a bo- <laughs> any book. Any book that isn't about animals, maybe it has something to do with New York. Yeah, I, I guess co- they go to concerts, concert tickets. Oh, yeah. But you want to go in a big group. You don't want to just go out, you know, no. you're out late at night with this person. She's no. in the back seat. Um, God knows what she's planning. But maybe a, maybe a book about, actually, I'm going to, a book about animals. Give oh. her the Redwall series about the talking. I've never read them. I remember wanting to read them. I desperately wanted to read those books as a child. But they're about talking. It's like a fantasy series about animals, uh, Doing things. I don't, uh, I think you're on the wrong track here, Richard. <laughs> this person needs to, they need to know the power of a rat, the power of a mouse. Sure. Uh, doing whatever they do in that book series. Hmm. And then I think that might kind of, maybe that'll click something, whatever's not working in their brain that's leading them to murder. <laughs> Suddenly they, they empathize with animals. Then they see, oh, maybe human beings shouldn't be destroyed. Then they're, okay. they're kind of the kind of coworker that you might, want to go to their birthday. You know, I hadn't played out the the full scenario uh, that you were suggesting, but now that, that you've walked me through what could happen, <laughs> um, I, I guess I'm on board. Yeah, a, a children's book about animals uh, that will make this person less inclined to kill a human. Yeah, okay, I'm in. Whatever it takes, AF. That's right. Whatever it takes. I think we answered that perfectly. I think you I mean, you you answered it perfectly. <laughs> I still am a bit aghast at the entire situation, but no, I No, you were by my side every empathy. step of the way, whether you know it or not. Okay, fine, fine. Uh, 
And AF really gave us so little to work with, but they're in the middle of a stressful cross-country move. They're meeting murderers. Yeah, they they've just been to a birthday party, obviously, at this point. <laughs> so they're they're fine. Obviously, without a gift. That's right. And now she's furious. <laughs> this coworker feels like they really shorted her. And now she's like, what do I do? Oh. My best friend at work is ignoring me. Um, and it's probably her husband or wife's fault. Uh Oh, well, we did it. We did it. Uh, I've got two new magazines mm -hmm. that I can page through and learn more about Pierre Salinger and Maybe then have find some laughs. Out, find out who this gentleman dancing yeah, on the piano is. Absolutely scary man in a gray suit dancing on a piano is. Um, Rich, I've had such a wonderful time with Likewise, you. Likewise. Thank you again. And I, I will say this, Bridger. I had made... <laughs> This is maybe a little silly thing, but I'd sort of made a promise to myself <clears throat> that I was not going to be on any podcasts in 2022. You're kidding. And I, uh, a mutual friend of ours had turned me on to your podcast uh, earlier this year. And I just, first off, I, the theme song is, oh, is one Amy of the best Mann. We out need there. to just scream Amy Mann's Amy's, name all the time. She's just an absolute genius and I adore her. And I, uh, so I was immediately turned on by the podcast and I really enjoyed each episode that I've listened to. And when I was invited to join you, I, I simply couldn't imagine saying no. So oh, I, I my will heart. say- My I'm, heart is- I'm probably going back into podcast retirement after this one, but <laughs> I have- Thoroughly enjoyed my visit. Oh, my heart is absolutely in my feet. I don't know what that means. I don't either, but I, I it melted and then just ran all the way to my feet. the The idea of anyone listening to a po your podcast is always, and for it to be rich is just wonderful. Uh, listener, my God, what a wonderful time you've had. I'm speaking for you. You have had the best time today, and. Of course, that means the rest of the day is downhill, but uh, next week you'll come back for this little hit, and then your life will, of course, it's a cycle. But at least I'm here for you, and thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon. I love you. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an exactly right production. It's produced by our dear friend Annalise Nelson, and it's beautifully mixed by John Brantley. And we couldn't do it without our guest booker, Patrick Kotner. The theme song, of course, could only come from miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. I don't want to hear any excuses. That's where you get to see pictures of all these gorgeous gifts I'm getting. And don't you want to see pictures of the gifts? Follow I Said No Gifts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I really don't care. Just don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It's the least you can do. It really is. It's the bare minimum. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Said No Gifts merch. What a wonderful way to support the show. Support the show!